Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security and tech-focused podcast that looks at the ideas, patterns, and models that help you thrive in a changing world. All right, welcome to Unsupervised Learning. This is Daniel Meisler, and this is episode 376. Starting off with security news, existential AI threat. So there are a few sources I highly recommend that you consume sooner rather than later to get up to speed on the existential threat from AI. This is like, people are very divided on this. They're, they're either like, this is completely theoretical. I don't know why you're talking to me about this. Or they're like, I don't know why you're talking about anything else. And these three sources I'm about to give you, I think are going to calibrate you in one direction or another. So the first one of these is a conversation, long form podcast conversation on Lex's show between Lex Fridman and Eliezer Yudkowsky. This was an unbelievable conversation. I mean, it was absolutely Lex at his best. I haven't been a super fan of some of his work lately. I, I feel like he wasn't contributing much to conversations, but in this one, he just absolutely crushed it. And Eliezer is a really interesting character. I recommend actually watching the video version of this, although the audio is just fine. But to get the facial expressions and sort of the interactions between them, I think adds something to this. It's very clear that Eliezer believes that we are about to die as a species. He believes we are super screwed. And the thing that gives him some clout is that he's clearly just extremely intelligent. And he's been thinking about this for like 20 years or more. Not sure how long exactly, but multiple decades. And he's an autodidact, which a lot of us are, but he is a special one. He's, I don't know what his IQ is, but it's extremely high. And he's just sharp about pretty much anything. And he, he constantly pulls Lex away from bad arguments. And he's just kind of like, honestly, Lex is, uh, I don't want to diminish Lex here, but it's like Lex is a kid talking to like a really competent adult. And the adult is just like, yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about this? And that's in terms of like the technical details of the arguments. But in terms of wisdom, it's almost the opposite. Lex is basically reining him in and checking his, you know, his, his biases and everything. And Lex is kind of just like doing a really good job at that. And I really appreciated it. But bottom line is Eliezer is extremely worried about the threat from AI basically waking up. And he characterizes this differently than a lot of other people. And, and I have the same intuition that he does. It's not about waking up so much. It's about the capabilities, right? That even in this podcast or in this show, episode 376, there are links where people are trying to rig up chat GPT or, or GPT-4 specifically to be automated. So it prompts, it gets something back, it goes and does something else. Eliezer is extremely worried that this is going to lead to something very, very dark. I don't know why his intuition is that the thing that wakes up, assuming it, it emerges with consciousness, and I'm not sure that's 
important for him. But if it does wake up, why wouldn't it copy us after it reads everything? Why wouldn't it be somewhat good? I feel like there's at least a decent chance that that will happen. I don't know if that's 10% or if that's 60% or 80%, but I don't feel like it's 0% or 1% the way Eliezer does. And unfortunately, I have to kind of assume that he knows something that I don't because he's been thinking about this for 20 years and he's really smart. So I tend to favor towards his side if I've read fewer books than he has and and have thought about this for, I don't know, 18 years fewer than he has. So that is one angle. Lex versus Eliezer on Lex's show. And this is a very long podcast. I recommend, I, I did it at like 2X and I reviewed some parts. The next one is Human Compatible. It's a book by Stuart Russell, who got super lucky <laughs> that his book dropped right as GPT-4 blew up or in chat GPT blew up. But his book is all about how do you actually align an AI system? And he basically claims that all existing techniques for doing so are basically garbage. And you basically have to build uncertainty into such a system to attempt to do alignment correctly. And uh, I finished that book. It's absolutely fantastic. Highly recommend it. Human Compatible by Stuart Russell. And the third one has been out for a while, but it is unbelievably good. It's called Life 3.0. It's by Max Tegmark. And the opening chapter to this book is my favorite piece of sci-fi ever written. It is unbelievably good. And the reason it is so good is because it is essentially very real. It's extremely real. It only assumes one little thing, which is what the best sci-fi does. It's like, yeah, so-and-so technique happened with biology or science or whatever, chips or something. And then as a result, this thing happened. And that's exactly what this chapter does. And specifically, it's about AI waking up or at least becoming superhuman. I'm not sure there was a consciousness element, but becomes superhuman and starts doing things in the world. And it is unbelievably good. You have to go get this book. So that's it. Lex versus Eliezer, Human Human Compatible by Stuart Russell and Life 3.0 by Max Tegmark unbelievable reviews of this conversation around AI threat. If you read all three of those, you will have some sort of informed opinion. You will either burrow underground or start making fun of people who do. All right, next one here. Mandian has found a new North Korean threat actor supporting the interests of the North Korean regime. They named the group APT-43, And they said they do strategic intelligence collection, credential harvesting, and social engineering to support their activities. Typical of Northern Korean groups, they use cybercrime to fund their higher importance activities. So they're basically like getting legit jobs. (laughs) I don't know how sure this one is, but other North Korean actors, they actually get regular jobs in South Korea. They do regular cybercrime or whatever to pay for their actual you know, finger tent uh, activities. Microsoft is coming in hot to the AI and security scene. They have a new app called Security Copilot that pretty much everyone's been talking about in the AI space and security space. 
that they think will bring the, quote, new era of security, end quote. It's in closed beta, so it's hard to say exactly what all it does, but what's clear is that it's an AI chat interface on top, on top of lots of security functionality. And some reported features include reverse engineering, responding to incidents, offering guidance and action plans, alerting on threats in real time, and anticipating attacker next moves. It's really cool. And honestly, I believe this is the future of basically software. So, uh, including security software. And in one of the pieces that I wrote this week, that's in the show. We'll talk about that a lot. Got another tool here, Socket AI. I think it's just called Socket, actually. It is using AI to examine NPM and PyPy installs for security issues. It looks at injection, credentials, vulnerabilities, backdoors, and even data exfil issues. And Musk released Twitter's algorithm to the public last week, and the main takeaway seems to be that likes get most boost out of everything. Likes get 30x magnification, followed by retweets 20x, and replies mean very little at 1x. Technology news. There's a project that is attempting to make GPT-4 autonomous, and the author just gave it the ability to write and execute Python code. This is the one I was talking about in the intro. Quite scary and interesting. And character AI has become a unicorn with a new $150 million raise. It's interesting because I don't see actually a super deep moat here. They're basically a front end to chat GPT, but with character skin. So you're like, you're talking to Lily or Jim or Patesh or whoever you're talking to, right? And it does make it feel more personal to get information from that service because it feels like it's coming from a person. The illusion is quite strong, but they're really competing, I think, in that space with the digital companion space since it's easier to make a digital companion that has access to ChatGPT than it is to make a ChatGPT interface that's a compelling companion. So I actually think the functionality and the winning play is going to go in the opposite direction. And Zoom, after laying off 15% of its workforce, is introducing AI-powered features to compete with Slack, Google, Microsoft, and Calendly. These features include meeting summaries, email responses, and whiteboard generation aiming to transform Zoom into an all-in-one workplace beyond just video conferencing. I'd like to see them do something, honestly. I mean, I feel kind of 50-50 with them in, in Google Meet, which you never want to be in that position. If you're as good as the Google offering, it's not very compelling. And Bloomberg has put out its own 50 billion parameter GPT model for finance. They combine their own archive of English financial documents with a public data set and train the new model using a subset of that data. The model was then validated against industry benchmarks and it outperformed existing open models. And I think this building of custom models is absolutely the future that we've been talking about here. Um, well, it obviously is what we've been talking about here, but I think it's the future of software. And the faster we get that, the faster we're going to see like this massive transformation and a few different things that I've written this week kind of triangulate on that. 
ultimately, lots of companies are trying to build this custom model layer. So Langchain, Pinecone are like some of the leaders there. They're building these uh, vector databases that work in conjunction with an LLM to be able to query the data that you actually have that's germane to your business. And I'm super excited about this. It's actually super kludgy and, and kind of a hack to get it to work yourself. But there are companies, there are many companies that are working on making this like a drag or drop, import a library, point it at a data store and just starts consuming things. And then boom, you ask questions normally like you do in ChatGPT. And it also now includes your company data. That is the killer feature. And that is what everyone is working on right now or tons of people, I, I would guess hundreds, if not thousands of companies are working on becoming that custom model generation layer. And that is super exciting to me because it, it's going to massively change software period. And uh, I talk about that in one of the essays from this week, human news, online dating data show that people tend to be far more restrictive than they claim in their bios. As a specific example, women who claim height doesn't matter have a similar height bias to those who demand tall men. So I think the TLDR is that some biases are so strong that it really comes down to whether or not you're honest about them or not, because either way they are there. And women preferring tall men is one of those things. There's also some more depressing ones about race, but we won't talk about those. 77% of young Americans are too fat, too mentally ill, or on too many drugs to join the military. And Andrew Huberman says that the way to overcome procrastination is to do something more unpleasant than the thing that you're procrastinating and to do that thing first. I'm a little concerned that people would procrastinate about that thing as well, but I'll give it a go. Ideas and analysis, reading post AI. So as soon as a book drops, I think we're about to be able to explore that book using your own personal digital assistant. You'll be able to ask for a one sentence summary or to give you a summary in 10 bullets or to extract the main points and give you counter arguments. So you will basically be able to interview the book. You'll be able to actually, you're, you're asking your assistant to like go through this Socratic sort of dialogue with the book or to give you a summary or to give you a one sentence little pitch in five words or whatever. You'll be able to do anything through your assistant because all the data will be available through this like custom model, which again, the implementation might be something like Pinecone, like a vector database that has consumed the book. Either way, it doesn't matter how it works. What matters is who's going to read the full book anyway. I feel like I'm going to end up reading maybe 30% fewer full books because some books will fall into the category of like, I just need the content. But I would say for me, at least right now, the big books, the main books, like for example, this book that just came out from Stuart Russell, I would still read that full book as I just did. I don't think I would just be like, you know, give me the facts. Um, and obviously fiction, anything fiction, I'm reading the full book. Like I'm not getting a summary of fiction. <laughs> like who's going to ask an AI to, uh, listen to that song and give me uh, three bullet points on how cool it is or how it makes you feel anything that's art, like don't summarize for me, give it to me raw notes, 
vampiric blogging platform. So my spidey sense is telling me that Substack has peaked and that it's starting to head towards medium in terms of its fate, which is basically dying. And the question is, when will we learn that these types of platforms where everyone's content looks the same and where it's hosted on someone else's domain are not good for the creator? And to be fair, it's a great way to go from zero to something if you're just starting out as a writer or something. But for anyone who actually gets going and gets some traction, leave as soon as possible and do your own thing with your own fonts and your own look and feel on your own domain. Like, I implore you to please do that. Discovery. Gamma.app. Tell a GPT what you want in a slide deck and it'll build you a slide deck. That's ridiculous. E2B, a GPT-powered IDE that creates UI for you. So you describe forms, and it writes forms for you, like all the code. And Dubai is going all in on AI-powered surveillance tech. Quite freaky. This was a New York Times article. Quite good. Someone asked ChatGPT with browsing enabled to find him some money, and within a minute, he had $200 in the mail to him from California. So like the state was sending him, I think, um, lost property. I, I forget wh what it was, something like, um, unrecovered property. And it found, you know, a loophole or it, it found basically how you could just request money for this sort of thing. And it sent him a check. And I don't often include dog or cat videos, but I've got a fantastic one here. And it fits with you well because the amount of love evident in this dog's face, which, uh, is not great for audio, but you should check out the link. How not to design a volume control interface. He who submits a resume has already lost. I firmly believe this. You want to be the one being chased. And as soon as you like, you know, get down on one knee and like beg to be considered, you've kind of lost. Uh, and that's a very new way of thinking, but that's how I think about it. And North Korea, not North Korea, South Korea. A lot of women are saying no dates, no sex, no weddings, no kids. So four no's, dates, sex, weddings, kids. And uh, it's basically pushback against uh, the patriarchy there. And that is a movement that's happening. And they also have the lowest, I believe, birth rate in the world. Recommendation of the week, add ChatGPT to your Mac. So I've been seriously enjoying MacGPT, clean little utility for calling GPT for simple queries on the Mac. I just do Command G, it pops up. It's a really clean interface and I just type in, uh, what the query is and it comes back lightning fast. I don't know how it's so fast, honestly. And I've got a screenshot here in the show and, uh, next recommendation. I got two recommendations this week, add interactivity to your prompts. So tired, here's a tired version. You're a professional trip planner specializing in the London area. Make me the ultimate vacation for a 10 day work pleasure trip with a focus on museums and bookshops. Okay, that's cool. That's going to give you amazing results. But that's the old version. Here's the new version. You're a professional trip planner specializing in the London area. I love bookshops and museums, and I'm looking for the ultimate 10-day work pleasure trip in the city. Ask me anything you need to know to plan the best possible trip. You could do the same thing with coding. You could do it with whatever. You, you're basically relying on it to fill in the blanks with the best possible prompt content which then becomes part of the prompt to give you an even better answer. So this is like a superpower in the prompting world. And the aphorism of the week, the future belongs to the curious, the ones who are not afraid to try it 
explore it, poke at it, question it, and turn it inside out. The future belongs to the curious, the ones who are not afraid to try it, to explore it, to poke at it, to question it, and to turn it inside out. Anonymous. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.